Welcome back to our podcast, Chronically Iconic Mistakes. I'm your host, Jocelyn. And your co-host, Raya. I think everyone by now has heard the updates in the Delphi case. I have not. You haven't? Okay. Well, get ready for a wild ride. (laughs) (laughs) This is whole new to me. You were like, we have to do this case. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I was pretty excited to hear that they finally caught the suspect. Um, But we haven't like done an episode on it. So I figured we can just start from the top and do the whole case. And spoiler alert for anybody who has nobody's heard. I don't know why I'm saying like that. Uh, I found out that one of my vocal cords are paralyzed. So my voice is going to be different for a while, possibly forever. We'll see. Uh, So yeah, sorry about that, guys. But we're going to jump into this case. Let's do it. Let's do it. On February 12th of 2017, Liberty German and Abigail Williams were living out what could have been one of their fondest memories, if they had lived to look back on it. It was a Sunday, and the girls didn't have school the next day because this particular school actually built in planned snow days when their winter season was, like, mild. That way they still got to use the mob, which sounds really nice. So they decided to use that planned snow day in the best way possible, a sleepover. So they were, like, in high school, I'm assuming, like, how old? Yeah, so they're both, like, one of them's 13 and one of them's 14. They're in, like, eighth grade. So they're, like, really young. Like, they're teenagers, but, like, barely. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Abigail came over to Liberty's grandparents' house, where they ate pizza and had a typical 13- and 14-year-old night in. Liberty's older sister, Kelsey, even joined in on the fun and was able to confirm that their activities that night were totally normal for two teenage girls. Mm -hmm. They even stayed up late painting and taking videos of one another in what I imagine was like a slap-happy manner. I really hate that I can tell that the ball's about to drop. Oh, man. It is about to go down. Like... (sighs) I don't like this. I hate when, like, teenagers are involved because fuck you guys. Well, not, like, fuck the teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck the dude that did it, okay? I get you. (laughs) I don't know what is going on or what's happening, but just fuck this guy. Dude, right? And I mean, like... All teenage girls, after a late night sleepover party, they slept in that morning. Like, they were up late. They were awakened by the small pancakes that Liberty's father had made as a wake-up call for the girls. I imagine there were smiles shared and that, like, awkwardness you experience as a teenager in front of their friend's parents. You just gave me, like, war flashbacks, to be honest. Isn't that such a weird thing, though? Like, it was just so embarrassing to exist at someone else's house. Without knowing that this was the last time he would ever see his daughter and her friend, their father left them alone to their shenanigans so he could do some photography work for a business of Liberty's mother. Now, I do think it's important to mention that Liberty and Abigail did not sleep in as long as, like, I would have expected based on, like, my teenage life. Breakfast and their father heading out to work all happened by 10 a.m., which is not sleeping into me. (laughs) You're like sleeping in 1 p.m. Yeah, like, come on. Liberty's grandmother was actually still at the home and she saw an opportunity. She convinced the girls to make an honest dollar by helping her at work with her filing. If the day went well, she boasted the potential of being taken out on a shopping excursion to spend the money they earned. The girls could not turn that down and spent their morning helping their grandma in good spirits. Nice. By 1 p.m., the girls' attention had been lost, which, I mean, is pretty usual for teenagers. So they asked their grandma if there was any chance they could go for a hike at the Monon High Bridge Trail. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but you guys know the drill. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that sentence was going to end differently. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at this point, you guys get it, okay? Look it up if you want. It's in the source notes. She thought it was a great idea for the girls to get some fresh air, but only if they did it safely by finding a ride both ways. The girls were able to convince Liberty's older sister to come and grab them and take them to the trail, but she is very clear with the girls that she can't give them a ride back because she's going to hang out with her own friends later. Which, like, thank God for older siblings because my poor brother was put up to giving me a ride way more times than he should have. 
I never asked for rides for my siblings. Well, actually, you lived in the city, though, didn't you? I live in, like, Muskegon, so I don't know if you'd consider that a city, but we walked everywhere, pretty much. Yes. Yes. You can't walk everywhere where I used to live. <gasps> oh, yeah. I forgot. You lived nowhere. <laughs> like, it would take me hours to make it to town if I walked. Yeah, I was like, is is this normal? Like, do siblings, like, take you places? So that's actually probably the difference. <laughs> we pieced it together. With a solid plan in place, Kelsey picks the girls up by 1.30 p.m. Eight minutes into the drive, Kelsey recalls her boyfriend calling her. And while she's talking to him, her sister calls her dad to arrange a pickup ride because I guess they had, like, accepted Kelsey's ride without, like, an actual plan on how to get home. But, like, I've totally done that as a teenager. (laughs) Usually it ends with your parents yelling at you, but whatever. And I mean, not the most responsible thing, but I'm sure they knew that they could figure it out. And I mean... Her father, her father, like, quickly agrees to pick them up and take them home, and that he would text them when he completed his photography assignment so they could head back to the beginning of the trail. He guessed it would be, like, 3 to 3.30, but he really wasn't sure on the pickup time. Um, But, I mean, like, that's pretty normal these days. We have, like, cell phones. You can just text them and, you know, grab them, so. By 1.40 p.m., Kelsey drops the girls off at the Mon and High Bridge Trail entrance, and she does, like, the sweetest big sister thing. She actually sits parked for a bit to watch them make it to the trail and set off on their adventure. She's even able to recall, like, there wasn't anything out of the ordinary during the drop-off, which is, like, super important. Like, always be aware of your surroundings and do what you can to make sure your loved ones are off in the right direction before you leave. I can't imagine Kelsey ever thought this would be the last time she would ever see her sister and her friend, but it was, and she can say she did everything she could to ensure their safety. I really hate that, like, we can't just enjoy things anymore. Like, they shouldn't... You totally can. Yeah, they shouldn't have been nervous to go on a fucking hike like this is ridiculous no and like i don't even think she thought of it as like this unusual thing like it's just what you do now like you just like make sure people don't die because so many people are insane yeah and i just hate it yeah it's trash Shortly after, at an unknown time, the girls start recording their adventure and seem to be in good spirits enjoying their hike, but their video quickly took a dark turn. The girls zoom in on a man who they mention is walking behind them. The girls' mood instantly turns from a typical teenager to the uncomfortable feeling that all women know far too well. Eventually, in the background of the video, you hear a man say, guys, down the hill, and let me tell you, It is such a simple thing, but down the hill is said in the most chilling voice that I just like get goosebumps listening to it. When this is over, I'm going to have to listen to that. Yeah, definitely. It'll be in our source notes. They did release, um, and it is like, it is so spooky. And like, they actually get a video of the guy, but unfortunately he's like looking like right, like straight down and like, you don't get like a good look at him. So like when he says guys down the hill, is he like pointing them in a direction or is he forcing them down? So they didn't release like the full video. Um, the, you know, like in most active cases, they, they only release what they have to, and they definitely like like, cut that snap up. But I have a feeling that they, like, kind of, like, turned and zoomed in on him and then turned the phone again. So they weren't, like, focused on him the whole time, hoping he, like, didn't notice, I think. So I don't think you see him. But, like, the gist I get from it is, like, this bridge is, like, really fucking high up, dude. Like, if you look at photos, it's, like, really chilling that he fucking told them to go down the hill because it's huge. So I think they got to the end of the bridge and they noticed him and were, like, creeped out. And then he said that. And I think maybe he had a weapon to convince them down the hill we don't really know to be honest like they haven't released enough information at this point since they're trying to put them away right now so were were they uploading all of this on a snapchat then they uploaded um one snapchat like one or two snap to their story but it was just of like them on the bridge this was found on their phone after anyways and like i said we really have no way of knowing exactly where on the hill the girls walked or i mean even really what happened after this video but we do know 
somehow this guy forced these girls on a different path and that this video was the last time the girls would ever be seen again. By 3.11 p.m., Liberty's father was already on his way to pick up the girls, and he called to let them know that they needed to head back to the trailhead, but there was no answer. Now, two teenage girls, one missed call. That isn't that big of a red flag. And I mean, he did find it kind of strange because it was out of character for Liberty. But I mean, he waited and he called again once he arrived, but there was still no answer. At this point, the panic set in that his little girl and her friend might not be okay. Derek did not waste any time. By 3.14 p.m., he sat out on... <laughs> He set out on the trail himself to search high and low for the iconic duo who had just been on Snapchat only hours ago. And I mean, he didn't know that, but... How long did you say they... Like, when did they start the trail? At, like, 2, I would say? Yeah, so they were dropped off by, like, 1.40. They were on the trail by, like... Or they were updating, like, Snapchat between, like, 2.05 and 2.07. So this literally happened within, like, a freaking hour. Yeah, unfortunately, it was, like... It sounds like it was super quick, dude. I can only imagine Derek is like speed walking this trail, knowing there is no time to spare if his daughter is in danger. Because by 3.15, he already hits the fork in the trail where he runs into another hiker. Derek takes the opportunity to stop the man and ask if he had seen two girls, and his reply was, no, I did not, but there's a couple on the bridge. Now, this is like a popular hangout spot for teenagers, so I mean, like, his answer wasn't that unusual, but later he would become the main suspect for this case and he was actually nicknamed flannel shirt guy by followers of the case honestly like as soon as you said like he saw a man i was like he fucking did it <laughs> put him away isn't that so crazy? i don't even need any evidence he fucking did it <laughs> right like you were there you did it man no but like they actually haven't confirmed if like for sure if like this guy is the suspect that they just like put away but they haven't denied it and i feel like if it wasn't him they would have like been like nah you know it's like i feel like they would have cleared it up faster so i think it is so i guess like they don't they don't have like a picture of the flannel shirt guy they're just like calling him because of the dad's description right yeah totally oh. so like there's no way for us to know if the guy in the video was also flannel shirt guy and like i have to be honest it's hard to tell like he had like a jacket on and i can't really tell what shirts on under it so you know he could have been flannel shirt guy he could have also changed too for sure absolutely like there is enough time like the girls just got there that happened so quickly he had plenty of time to change or and like we know we know they returned to the scene of the crime almost every time he could have went home changed and like came back so anyways we'll talk like way more about him later but his answer did help guide liberty's father since he hadn't seen two girls matching their description while walking the 501 trail, he did decide to veer off onto the 505 trail to continue his search. As he walks with a feeling of helplessness I can't even begin to describe, he comes across the creek before he completes the 505 trail. A pig growing in his stomach, Derek pauses to call the girl's grandmother, Becky, to tell her he can't find the girls anywhere and that they're not answering his calls. At this point, he hasn't like called the police he hasn't and you know i'm gonna be honest like when i was writing this case at first i was thinking like man like you should have called right away like but as you're like kind of processing the case one it wouldn't have made any difference like let's be honest but also there's gotta be some kind of like like when you call the police you are admitting that like your kid is definitely missing and mm -hmm. I think that some families put that off just because they don't want that realization. Like, I don't think he did it in, like, a malicious way, is what I'm saying. Right. And also, I hate to say it, but, like, everyone hears how, like, you call the police and they say, well, they have to be missing for 24 hours. It's only been literally an hour. That's the thing. And, like, to make sure we're clear about that, you never have to wait 24 hours. So if a cop tells you that, tell them to go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, usually it's not even the cops. It's, like, the, like, reception. But still, like, you don't have to wait 24 hours in any of the states here. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. So don't, you don't have to wait 24 hours. They just 
want less paperwork. Yeah, don't don't waste your time. Like if it's out of character, fucking push it. And I mean, even without calling the cops, this family like goes like above and beyond to find their daughter. So I really like there was no doubt in my mind while writing this of like, you know, like we default to the father or the husband in like all cases. <laughs> Just because like men are more likely to kill their entire family. I don't I the statistic is there. Like I'm not blaming men. It's just unfortunately that's what they default to. And I really don't like there was no doubt in my mind that this guy didn't do that. So Right, absolutely. He like jumped on things too. It's not like he like dilly dallied. Yeah, totally. And like there is some doubt that was casted like years ago. Um that you know, like and we'll talk about it more shortly here, that he was like talking to an unknown car. Pretty sure that he was talking to a family member who arrived on the scene and people like made it this thing. So which happens way too often. Yeah, and I mean that unfortunately that is the bad thing of I don't want to say podcasters, but people that follow cases, like unfortunately, sometimes we're just fucking wrong. Like you saw all the misinformation with uh oh god, can't remember her name. Was it Gabby Petito? Yes, thank you. Oh my god, that's terrible. But yeah, I mean you saw all the misinformation that went around on TikTok. Like there was some good hints, but also there were some really bad ones and sometimes that wastes a lot of time yep sometimes you can be too helpful exactly and i mean i still think tiktok like solved that case but whatever not naming any names (laughs) (laughs) disclaimer in there sometimes we do help anyways hopeful the girls just like ghosted him or something he asked them to try and contact the girls liberty's grandmother and her mother both text and call like relentlessly but their cries for the girl's safety was never answered which like that's got to be the worst feeling dude mm-hmm. oh my god derek doesn't give up and he continues his search he goes on to the freedom bridge trail and then decides to head back to the trailhead when he turns up empty-handed once again he passes flannel shirt guy who is still lingering on the trail which is super fucking weird because the trail isn't that big and it really bothers me yeah that's kind of creepy it's like he was just like waiting to see what was going on yeah this dude was like it has to be flannel shirt guy that got arrested i really don't know and i can't say until the end of the case when they release the documents but like come on (laughs) what was this dude doing on a tiny trail in like a similar area he saw him before and also you can't linger on trails you're immediately guilty what are you doing just like unless you were like not able to breathe like it's super sus <laughs> like drinking water or something he's just but, like, like hanging just, like, out standing there like fucking jason it's <laughs> <laughs> just like a slasher like come on that's gonna be the like the new Jason is flannel shirt guy. Dude, I'm telling you. And like the, I will say that although the father, like I don't blame him for not calling the police right away. I really can't. I will say that if he had, I think this guy would have been caught a lot sooner. Yeah, well, who knows? Because sometimes police are very slow. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Honestly, like, as we go through, it does take them a while to get on scene. So, honestly, by the time he got there, I think the dude leaves at, like, five. Like, a weird vehicle leaves at, like, five. So, by the time they got there, probably not. Like, you're, it probably wouldn't have mattered. You know, like, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, you don't know how you're going to react in this shit. And I don't blame this dude at all, so. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're trying so hard. Like, he did so much. Jesus. Right. Like, he's freaking running on the damn trail. Yeah, he had to be. Like, the timing. Like, oh my god, that dude was, like, trucking it and looking for them. Yeah. And I think the weirdest part about this flannel shirt guy, like, still being there. But, like, the first time the father accounts, like, yeah, I talked to him and I went the other way because he mentioned he didn't see him on this trail. But, like, the second time he passes him, he doesn't mention any conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no account of, like, hey, have you happened to see him yet? Or, like, the guy asking. And I just feel like that's so so weird like he just sits there quietly and also i feel like he he lied and he wanted to like lead him to a different trail i feel like yeah he totally did and also like how the dad goes back to the bridge where they're last technically seen that guy was trying to make sure he didn't go to the bridge and i mean you'll see later why after a half an hour of non-stop texting and calling the family considers that the worst could have happened to the two girls so tara and becky head to the trail to help derek continue searching 
And Tara and Becky, those are the sisters, right? Nope. So Becky is the grandma and I think Tara is the mother. Oh. I couldn't like find a confirmation for some reason, but I'm pretty damn sure. Um, and then there'll be there'll be some more characters, like a large amount of family members come out. So if you have any more questions, just let me know because I know it's kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. Tara heads out first while Becky hangs back briefly to call in some help from the family, including Liberty's grandpa, Mike, who immediately takes off work. She also makes a quick call to Liberty's older sister, Kelsey, who also makes a call to work so she can be there for her sister. So we kind of have like a little search party already forming. The fact that they have so many people willing to go out like speaks volumes. Girl, this is the best fucking case. The best fucking case we have ever gone over that just does everything right. Like, they have an insane amount of volunteers show up. They have people that literally searched all fucking night, including firefighters, even when the police were like, guys, it's dark, go home. I don't know what rock I was under, but it's very concerning that I've never heard of this. You know, I didn't hear of this case until 2020, so don't even feel bad. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, it was a big deal, but this is a small town. Right. So it was a big deal to 3,000 people. You know what I mean? And, like, it did make news. It was a big deal, but I missed it, so. Sorry, I keep burping, so I'm, like, drinking soda. You keep burping, so you're drinking soda. Well, I'm drinking ginger ale to hold my throat, dude. Oh, it's ginger ale. I don't consider that soda. Yeah, I you're not wrong. the devil's ass crack. <gasps> don't you dare call my Bernie's ass crack. <laughs> Why don't you marry <laughs> like, it? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I will. I will marry a die of Bernie's. Damn. Oh, my God. The audacity. Wow, I've never seen you this angry. <laughs> it's not even, like, Verner's. Like, I got Canada Dry. It's not the same. Do you like Canada Dry? No. You just don't like ginger ale, you freaking Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, I like ginger ale. Well, good, because it's going to help you. I hope so, I guess. It's a magical elixir that'll cure your throat. That's what I'm saying, man. Tara had already arrived and immediately got into Derek's car to console him. And I mean, she listened to all of the efforts he's already tried as they waited for the rest of the family to arrive so they could make an entire plan to search for the girls. I'm not sure if this happened before Tara's arrival or after, but as I said previously, there were some reports of Derek talking to an unknown stranger in another vehicle, which made Derek like a possible suspect for a little bit, but it was very like wishy-washy. They weren't too worried about it. And I mean, like I said before, it's been ruled out and I imagine it was probably when Tara arrived and it was just fucking gossip. Small towns, bro. Breaking news, you cannot talk to people in cars, otherwise you will be labeled a murderer. Right, like, oh my god, suspect. <laughs> like, dude, really? <laughs> the way you said Stop. that made my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Becky also brings Libby's uncle, who happened to drop in to say hi before she left for the trail. On the drive, they remain hopeful, discussing the endless possibilities, and they decide to drive around different paths that the girls could have taken if they changed their minds and walked home. Which, I mean, that's like a really great idea. But the girls weren't spotted on any routes that they thought to drive. They begin to think that the girls had gotten like hurt on the trail and maybe broken their phones in some fall. I can't even like imagine how it feels to have like all this fucking hope and just like being so terrified. Dude, I know. Like they they say so hopeful for so long. They're like, no, nah, they just hurt themselves or like stupid teens or whatever. But like it was so much worse. Yeah. When they finally arrived at the trailhead, the park is so packed with people that they can't even find a place to park. They literally had to park in a property's ditch nearby. So like now we're to the point where suspects are going to get very difficult to narrow down. The family is finally reunited and they immediately hit the ground running. They search high and low for the girls. Kelsey and Cody take the Monon High Bridge all the way to the southeast end. During their search, they did find like a driveway that was listed as private property and they spent like a good amount of time just calling their names to make sure they didn't wander off the trail before moving on. Kelsey was like super smart and she did start trying to call Liberty's phone so that they 
could like listen for the ring but unfortunately they didn't have any luck there and i mean she could like hear a ringing on her end so that tells them that like the phone is working but maybe it was on silent right or they don't have it yeah exactly like there are so many variables there becky takes the time to call at&t to see if they could like ping her phone but i mean all cell phone companies would do this they did refuse for privacy and legal reasons so i mean it was a dead end there should be ways around that. I think in the case of minors, there totally should be. Like, that was kind of weird to me. Like, I expect that with an adult, but with a fucking minor, it's like, what? Yeah, like, she's not paying for the cell phone. It's my cell phone. Whose privacy? She's a child. Like, if it's their cell phone, yeah. Yeah, it was super weird. I mean, I don't know if this changed or not. Like, 2017, hopefully it did. Mm -hmm. Becky was older, so she, like, continues to probe about, like, apps, you know, like find my phone and stuff like that and she does try to download it but she didn't like realize that the app had to be like set up on like liberty's phone for it to like find it so it wasn't helpful it wasn't set up by 5 p.m the family notices that a suspicious car with a suspicious man drives away from where he was parked by 5 20 p.m the family is exhausted and admits defeat they call the police and report liberty and abigail missing by 5 25 p.m becky is doing everything she can to get a hold of Abigail's mother, Anna. But she's at work, so I mean, it takes some time for her to actually be alerted. So, like, all of the people there are basically for liberty... None of Anna's families there? No, not really. And like, now that you mention them, or you, Abigail, Anna's the mother of Abigail, but everything is very sided on Liberty. But I just don't think, I don't know if like Anna or like Abigail's mother like talked a lot to the press is all. Or, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Abigail was sort of like Liberty's family, so. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe from it too. Um, And it could be, it could be that, or it could just be like some families like to talk to the press. Some just kind of like want to stay out of it. So yeah, I'm not really sure. It is unknown what time the police actually arrive on the scene, but they get right to searching for the two missing girls who have like the most caring and worried family waiting for them to come home. Meanwhile, family posts all over social media to get as many search recruits as possible. And by 6 p.m., a massive search party hits the ground running. Many from the community had even just like seen the Facebook post and showed up to help find the girls. So like, seriously, this thing was like massive. They had drones out. There were like a ton of resources. They had like a base camp. Like it was insane. (laughs) This is a small town, right? You said? Yeah, this is a town of 3,000 people. So it's slightly like it's a it's an extra thousand from where like I live right now. Yeah, like if you went missing in Grand Rapids, they'd say oh fucking well. (laughs) Yeah, like that sucks. But yeah, this was a smaller community, but also just like, you know, I don't want to like say this in a mean way, but as we have seen in a lot of cases, like if you're white, you do get more attention. Yeah, unfortunately, that's how it is. Yeah. So I mean, like, I'm very glad she got this level of attention, but I think it's important, like every case that gets more attention than like people of color, it's just important to like mention that shit. During the search, Kelsey takes the time to go to the police station and report everything she knew and saw during her drop-off with the two girls. By this time, Kelsey had noticed the girl's Snapchat story and, like, showed the police. And I can only imagine how hard it was to watch that, like, knowing the girls were missing, just, like, I don't know, their last moments. Right, yeah. Knowing the girls had been on social media, their grandpa Mike goes straight back to the house and grabs all their electronics to give to the police, along with what they needed to get AT&T to fucking cooperate in the search for the girls. By 12.29 p.m., a news source called Indie Channel actually reports the cell phones are now dead or off, but, like, that was never verified whether this was, like, true or not, so... I'm assuming that, I mean, phones don't last forever, so they definitely probably died. No, yeah, they could have died. Um, And I mean, they were iPhones, so... Oh, shut the front door. Dude, the old iPhones had, like, really bad battery. It was only 2017. Yeah, it was still a problem. You are biased. Go away. Well, I'm true. But, anyways, by 12 a.m., the search is called off for the night because, I mean, it's dark and, honestly, probably just too dangerous to have all these people out searching. At the time the search is called off, the police really aren't thinking it's foul play. Although, like, I I find that, like, really hard to believe. And I was going to say considering they saw the Snapchat story, but I actually think they didn't see that until after they got their phones, so... 
I thought she um, showed them the Snapchat story. She did, but I think the one with the man was actually like a video on their phone. But I'm honestly not sure. So (laughs) I couldn't find anything confirming either way. I feel like if they just hurt themselves on the trail or like it's not foul play, then they would have been found sooner. Like if they just hurt themselves. Yes and no. Um, It depends on if they stayed on the trail or not would be like the big factor of like you hurting yourselves and being found. It sounds like when they first did this search, aside from the drones, which was super cool, but it sounds like they kind of stayed on the paths. So, I mean, I guess if you like wandered off and hurt yourself like it might be harder to find especially if you're like unconscious and can't say anything but like two girls i mean we saw this in the panama girls case two girls hurting themselves severely and not being conscious and also not talking Mm, probably not happening it's a red flag that this is happening so much yeah typically i mean yeah in general that's not good like hiking is dangerous honestly that's like a lot of people just go missing hiking so typically when you have like two people that go out one hurts themselves you're either gonna find one of them or you're gonna hear them especially on such a small trail like this this wasn't like fucking yellowstone or something so i would have quickly like ruled out that these girls hurt themselves but this is a case where we're working with the local police and we're not working with a national park search and rescue who are trained to deal with outdoor scenarios like this and it really does an injustice when we have this happen yeah like I was gonna say I feel like they should always if it's on a trail they should always call like a search and rescue team not just like the police yeah I totally agree with that but unfortunately I mean it's it's actual national park rangers that are trained that way so this trail probably doesn't even have rangers there if it's small like that but I really think that police should be getting better training for outdoor murders like they're really only trained to deal with this small area and like how to how to keep that you know, like safe from contamination or whatever. Whereas when they're outdoors, they really don't know how to, how to keep things safe. They don't really know how to control it. Um, And it's not even their fault. Like, it's just like, they don't get trained for that. They're trained for like the basic murder in a house. Especially in such a small community. Yeah, that too. Like, I'm sure they don't deal with homicides in a small community very often. So there are a lot of factors, but like this investigation actually went as well as it possibly could have for what they were working with. Despite ending the search, like I said before, the firefighters on the scene and many volunteers continued their search throughout the night, not willing to give up hope. I mean, there were so many people out that when Becky and Mike decided to drive back home, they recall seeing flashlights just like everywhere, just searching for clues as to what happened to the girls. That's really awesome that people were willing to stay out that long. Yeah, it's intense. I mean, they were definitely out all night. And then another search party starts up right at 4.32 a.m. And the cops aren't even out there yet. (laughs) The police basically refused to come back out until sunlight to resume their own search. And I mean, just so many volunteers continued to show about all day long. Kelsey was a guest on the Infinite Indie podcast, sharing her story by 12.15 p.m. that day. And I'm going to be honest, I can't say I've listened to their podcast, but I'll definitely have to check it out. So like she went on the podcast as as soon as it happened. Yeah, it was pretty pretty nice. To kind of get the word out. Yeah, and like podcasts actually do move shit pretty quick. So like that was definitely a good thing for her to do. In the podcast, she recalls that the police split groups up to search more ground, but it was all in areas the girls would have like never gone. So Kelsey and her group went to the high bridge to search more thoroughly. Little did Kelsey know or her intuition was spot on because someone in the search party quickly yelled out that he had found a shoe and asked her for a description of like what her sister would have been wearing. Unfortunately, her description matched the shoe, but something else kind of like caught his attention while he was there. It was actually two deer and he had used his phone's camera to like zoom in on them to see what the movement was. As he panned the phone down, he saw something that would like shake his core forever. Laying peacefully between two trees in the long grass was the bodies of the two missing girls, Kelsey's beloved sister and her friend who had been like family. 
That is so devastating. I know. And like the worst part is that this is like right below the bridge. So like everybody's been looking in the right area. It's just that they needed to go down the hill and look at the girls. So I mean, like the fact that they're located in an area shortly, like in the same area where this guy says down the hill. Sorry, it's him. That is creepy as fuck. Yeah, like exact location. Yeah. I can't even imagine what Kelsey had felt when they alerted her of what they had found. But in another podcast, she said that she was, she said that she wanted nothing more than to run to them and see if it really was her sister out there in the woods. But another volunteer held her back, reassuring her that it might not even be them and she didn't want to go look just yet. By 2 p.m. that day, there was a pref... A pref, a press conference to announce that the two bodies had been found, but had not yet been identified. They decided they were scaling back the search party while they investigated the bodies more. Despite not knowing if it was the girls or not, they still announced that the, the trail was now a crime scene and foul play was being considered. Someone in the crowd had asked why they changed stances and the police simply responded, just the way the bodies were found. That's about all I can say at this point in time. They quickly shot back were they in the water and they answered they were on the edge of the water from what i understand that's about the best that i can tell you likely keeping it vague now that it was an active investigation i feel like they could have like identified the girls faster (laughs) it seems like they actually tried to avoid making the family identify them though which was kind of interesting and i mean that's kind of nice but also like yeah that's that's a long gap of time (laughs) so yeah definitely delayed like the guy could have been out of the fucking state yeah absolutely like damn i imagine the family was on edge waiting for them to confirm the identity of the bodies that had been found trapped in a parent's purgatory in a situation literally all parents fear. On the morning of February 15th, 2017, the bodies had been autopsied and completed by that afternoon. There is a little discrepancy on like the time of the op- like the autopsy that day, but honestly, like I hardly think that's relevant or really even a concern considering this investigation was pretty thorough, which like I rarely fucking say. Right, yeah. So by 3 p.m. that day, another press conference is held where the police confirmed that it was, in fact, Liberty and Abigail who were found that day, laying in the grass together one last time. They went on to explain that a double homicide investigation was now underway. The police immediately began collecting evidence and creating a list of suspects. Immediately, the man in the girl's video was listed as the prime suspect. They believed this man was absolutely the culprit, and I mean, for good fucking reason. If you look at the photos of the high bridge, and I've already kind of talked about this, but it's exactly where he says, guys, down the hill. And like I said before, this bridge is fucking high up, dude. Down the hill is like a really fucking scary thing to say (laughs) to two complete strangers who just crossed a bridge. Like, I can't think of a single reason anyone could come up with other than foul play. And Liberty, like, it's insane. Like, who says that? Liberty may not have saved their lives by recording, but her quick actions may be the only reason this case was ever solved. The police got right to releasing the shot of the man in the video, and the audio where you can hear his, like, nails on the chalkboard fucking voice was posted as well. And I mean, they were careful to not release the entire video or, un- like, any unnecessary information that could compromise the case, but you can see and hear them both in our source material. I mean, it's really good that she, like, got out and started recording it because, I mean, so many people would have, like, a freeze response, but she fucking got to thinking. The thing is, is, like, when they started that video, they didn't even know that they were being followed until they started recording. That's so crazy, like, that they were recording and they got him on video then. Yeah. I guess it starts out with them just talking about, like, teenager things and then they happen to, like, pan behind them and it's like, oh. (laughs) So, I mean, you can't see the whole video but she unintentionally solved their case basically and it's funny because I hear a lot of podcasters do cases and like talk about how people have the tendency to like start recording when shit gets weird and like how it's pointless and you should call for help but the thing is is like it's not pointless and this case actually is like a good example of it you can record and you should also call for help but there is a purpose to it (laughs) 
definitely. Because if they hadn't recorded, like, this guy probably would still be out there. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is definitely the main evidence that is going to put this dude away. Later on, they also made a sketch of a secondary suspect. The sketch was made up of other hikers who had noticed, like, the suspicious person on the day of the double murders. But it was later updated again in April of 2019 when the police made a very vague announcement that they were taking the case in another direction. Kelsey confirmed in a Twitter response that the police had new information, but she didn't clarify if she knew anything about said new information. At first, I was kind of like, man, it's really good they updated it. Like, I'm not an artist, but it was not very good. But then I realized it was actually like a new suspect and not an update of the old suspect. During the 2019 sketch update, they also released a longer version of the audio. They believed this man was hiding within the community of Delphi and that he knew the trails well. That kind of makes sense considering the girls were actually found on private property and unfortunately they gave like the vaguest fucking age range of anywhere between 18 to 40 years old. Wow. Yeah, right? But like to be fair, the video didn't show his face. Well, so and like the guy was smart enough to mostly look down. I don't know, like it was hard to tell. The police took this new announcement as an opportunity to regain community interest. They also mentioned there was a car that was abandoned on the exact same day as the murders off Hoosier Heartland Highway in Delphi, and they begged the communities to step up and help them identify who the vehicle could have belonged to in hopes it was connected to the case. Honestly, when you were talking about how it was like private property that they were searching, I was like, yeah, that's that guy's house for sure. Yeah. And like, I have no idea if the guy actually lived on that private property, but it just seems really fucking convenient. So in the fall of 2017, a sex offender was caught threatening hikers on a trail using a hatchet for intimidation. But by the winter of 2018, they ruled him out altogether and he was removed from the list of suspects with no word on what changed. Probably didn't look at all like the person. Could be, and like they probably just didn't find evidence or like anything that actually connected. Right. On July 23rd of 2019, another new suspect emerged. A man who was actively wanted for raping and kidnapping a 26-year-old woman caught the attention of investigators and was heavily considered as a prime suspect for the double murder. However, this was another dead end. He actually killed himself during a police standoff only five days later, and I'm assuming they didn't find any way to connect him to the case. I was just gonna say, like, he just killed himself and they were like, eh, never mind. I'm, like, hoping that's not the reason. I couldn't find any information. My best guess is they couldn't find a connection. Like, I think these couple years, they started kind of just grabbing at anyone that made, like, that, like, did a crime similar to see if they could connect it. But, like, honestly, there wasn't any information, so who knows? Maybe they just gave up because he died. Like, fuck. <laughs> Let's find someone else to, like, blame this on. <laughs> like, uh, this one's dead. Let's find a new one. <laughs> Still, they didn't believe the case was solved, and I can only imagine this case, like, ate away at the investigators desperately trying to solve it. As many of you know, on October 26th of 2022, police arrested a brand new suspect named Richard Allen, who has already appeared in court only weeks ago on October 28th, and then again on the 31st, where he was charged with the double homicide. His trial doesn't start until March of 2023, and let me just fucking tell you, this dude's mugshot is fucking chilling. Like, have you seen him yet? No, because I have no idea what's happening. Okay, there's a link. Give us your fucking reaction because, like, holy fuck, he's so creepy. I'm so nervous. Ugh. Dude, right? Like, that's the only words. He looks kind of familiar, but, like, I don't remember this case. And he Dude, same. This is not what I pictured him. I thought he was going to be, like, a young-ass, like... I don't know. Cute guy. Why? Why? I don't know why I said it. You want a Dahmer or something? Or like a Ted Bundy? Like what? I don't know why I said that. That was fucked up. I'm sorry, everyone. He looks like very punchable. Like I want to punch him. He does look very punchable. I will give you that. Like that's a good reaction. He doesn't look like he has anything in his eyes. So 
No, that dude just has like the dead eyes, like fucking uh, Samuel Little. Fuck that guy. And that just, it fucks me up though. Like I can't even, guys down the hill, like, ugh. Yeah, it's so creepy. And like, if you listen to the audio, like it's so much worse. Like it's just like this really weird voice and I fucking cannot. And like, let's talk about how this happened in 2017 and the trial's not even gonna be until 2023. Like that's so long. Yeah, it's the worst dude yeah it's just crazy to me i know we are so slow on trials and it fucking kills me like it got so much worse after covid and it was already bad mm-hmm. it's totally not okay like i get that they need to like tie everything away and make sure that they have their shit in a row but like damn dude and i mean i will say though the updated mugshot in 2019 was like definitely proper for the suspect like it matched well and it does show like a kinder face he has like some stubble instead of like a full beard but they did a fantastic job on that one so like less judgment to the first drawing that was of like a different ramen haired man that did not do the killings that one wasn't very good ramen haired man like um what's the guy with the ramen hair it's gonna be may oh i know who you're talking about but like i do not know his name Justin Timberlake. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, that's the one. Oh my God. <laughs> it took us a while to get there. That's how my mind works. Thanks everyone for coming to my show. Okay, I'm looking, I'm looking at the sketches right now. So <laughs> he definitely looks like Justin Timberlake. So yeah, right. Like, I don't think he murdered anybody, but who knows? Like, that's maybe weird. he was hiking. Yeah, the second sketch definitely looks looks like him a lot more yeah and like i think they were two separate suspects like i think people saw different people on the trail so like it makes sense but at first i didn't know that and i was like yo that's not a good drawing <laughs> like that looks like something i would do who is the sketch artist <laughs> yeah you would you fucking would <laughs> oh man i'm sorry to whoever drew that like i i hope you're still employed <laughs> don't come for me <laughs> or you know what pause it might be the person who was describing it too those people might suck that's like a good point but i'm not gonna lie there is like a clear quality difference between the two but like maybe they got better like it was a couple years <laughs> dude yeah you're right i'm wrong because like maybe they improved <laughs> the shading really they could not have pr- improved that much i hope he doesn't listen to our podcast like i think we're safe but we might be the origin story for the next villain man yeah we're horrible we are we're bad but you don't come here for people being nice so and i mean in the long run the police were like fucking spot on because he does live in delphi and he remained in the town the entire time the investigation went on like fucking idiot dude like i don't know commit like uh, (laughs) i'm glad he was caught but you bet your fucking ass if i did a major crime i wouldn't fuck around and find out if they catch me like my ass would be in like another country i'd be like off the grid but i don't know i guess that like is the difference between murderers and like normal people like they like to linger in the area and relive their murders and like i said before most of them end up in the fucking search party for the victim because they just like have to be at the murder site like they're not mentally well and i feel like you didn't say how they caught him i don't know nobody knows they, they haven't released it yet well okay hold on i have a whole thing on this in a little bit so shush oh, okay <laughs> so i mean this guy even like worked at the cvs in town he's like handing people their fucking medications after fucking murdering two women like i can't even comprehend how they just go back to normal life like that yeah, and not only that, but imagine like a couple months after you f- fulfill a prescription and you see your fucking pharmacist like... <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, that's a story you tell at, like, the dinner table. You're like, yo, a murderer filled my fucking meds, dude. I wouldn't take them. I'd ask for a refund. These are murderer pills? Like, I don't want them. Do you think that's how Karens are born, though? Like, they just get fucked over by murder pills, and then they start hating. I feel like that's their villain story. That's, like, a really specific situation. Like, what are the chances? (sighs) You would think. But who knows? I don't know. I'm not a... I don't think I'm a Karen. 
so I couldn't like confirm, you know? While it was a bumpy road getting here, in the end, the police followed up on like literally thousands of leads. And at the end of the day, they got the family justice for the two beautiful girls they lost. The case may have gone cold, but I truly don't believe the police gave up on this case for a fucking second. Yeah, I, I feel like they had my reaction every time I see a bad guy. Like, I'm like, that guy fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, dude, they literally were out there like, similar case, that's the dude for like years. Like, they were trying. <laughs> Kelsey is like very active on social media and on the day of the hearing she tweeted just know how grateful I am for all of you. No comments for now. Any questions please refer to the Carroll County Prosecutor's Office. There is tentative tentatively wow i can't say that right whatever a press conference monday at 10 a.m we will say more than today's the day and like i can only imagine like the release she felt from coming like full circle and how much grief and disbelief i'm sure she has carried on her shoulders for like years i can honestly say that nobody should have to fucking go through this so it's so awful especially because like i mean kelsey was like a you know, teen herself. I mean, I don't know how much older she was, honestly, but at the time she was like doing the same shit, seeing her boyfriend, being a kid. Like, it's terrible. It's He didn't end just like two lives that night for sure. No, like their entire family on like both, for both girls were like ruined. Yeah. They're like shattered, you know? Now I know Crime Junkie is all over this case and I look forward to hearing everything they have to tell us because they are so connected to the police there and have worked so hard for that relationship. But I still felt like we could do a little justice updating what we could on our side. At this time, the police have not released what led to the arrest of the man charged with the double murder of Liberty and Abigail, as it is sealed by court order. But if we have updates in the future, we will absolutely revisit this with a mini episode to talk about it. While I know many of us are disappointed in the lack of details, we will get them in time. Right now, the most important thing is for this murderer to get what's fucking coming to him and the girl's families to get justice. Be patient, be respectful. This is like a whole process that has to be taken for that to happen. Yes, and I also want to add, because yes, I am annoyed about this. They do this type of stuff. They seal this type of evidence because they don't want a jury knowing things before for the court like that'll fuck up the whole trial it ruins the case and like also they do a lot of that stuff to catch the murderer saying shit he shouldn't know like a lot of times murderers will kind of trip up and they'll say shit that was never released to the public and that's one way that they can easily get them and like we want this guy to get life like let's be honest like he needs to get life so they need to like protect all of the evidence that they have and do their best to trip this dude up and i mean at this point he's already charged with it we're just waiting to hear what you know like what he gets for it right so come back in fucking march yep we'll update in march we'll do a little mini episode and i'm you know if you want more i'm sure like i said crime junkie will have an insane amount of info because they have like researchers and shit but it's still fun too so sorry for the fucking dark ass jokes not sorry anyway the moral of this story is only murder people that no one will miss i'm no i know philosophy has told us that it's okay but like don't be the dexter killer thanks yeah that was not okay to say i apologize um the moral of this story is fucking don't kill people bro like just don't fucking do it there we go you got it the correct one like if you're thinking of murdering somebody get fucking help yourself wait Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Mine was wrong too. The help part makes sense. We can't, you can't blame us because Jocelyn only has one working vocal cord, so. Yeah, I only have one working vocal cord, so I'm like chaotic evil now. This is my origin story. And I'm just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bye. Bye.